I bow to the Lord in all forms and in your forms. God is the only reality. We are all veils over his consciousness. And though we suffer and though we grieve and though we hate and have all the harmful emotions that corrode the human heart, nonetheless, underneath that is the unbroken Satchidanandam. The goal of life is to achieve that state. In my autobiography, which is called The Path, that's also been subtitled Autobiography of a Western Yogi, is a very beautiful story. Let me read it to you. In a vision when he was a boy, Paramahansa Yogananda saw himself standing in the marketplace of a town in the foothills of the Himalaya. The day was hot, and the dusty marketplace was crowded with squalid stalls, harassed shopkeepers, and whining beggars. Dogs ran everywhere. Monkeys stole down from the rooftops to snatch at food in the stalls. Donkeys brayed complainingly. People were bustling to and fro, laden with purchases, their brows furrowed with anxiety and desire. No one looked happy. But now and again, some member of that milling throng paused before the entranced boy and gazed high into the distance behind him. After a time, into each gazer's eyes came a look of intense wistfulness. Then, with a deep sigh, he muttered, Oh, but it's much too high for me. Lowering his eyes, he returned to the milling throng. After this sequence had repeated itself several times, Yogananda turned to see what it was behind him that held such a strong appeal for these people. And there, towering above the town, he beheld a lofty mountain, verdant, serene, the absolute contrast it seemed to everything in that dusty hubbub of festering ambitions. At the mountain top there was a large garden, inexpressibly beautiful. Its lawns were green gold, its gardens, its flowers many-hued. The boy yearned to climb up the mountain and enter that heavenly garden. But as he reflected on the difficulty of the climb, in his mind the same words formed themselves. It's much too high for me. Then, weighing these words, he rejected them scornfully. It may be too high for me to reach at the top in a single leap, he thought, but at least I can put one foot in front of the other. Even to fail in the attempt would, he decided, be an infinitely preferable to continued existence in this hot, dusty showcase of human misery. Step by step he set out, filled with determination. Ultimately he reached the mountaintop and entered the beautiful garden. For the Master, this vision symbolized a common predicament of everyone with high ideals. Indeed, all men, I imagine, must fret at least sometimes 
at the restrictions their bodies place upon them, at the constant demand of those bodies for sustenance and protection. Man longs instinctively for a life free from competition and worry, free from hatred and violence. Few, alas, even suspect that such a state can be found, not outwardly, but within their own selves, on high pinnacles of spiritual achievement. And of those who do suspect, most turn away with a sigh, oh, but it's much too high for me. How very few, alas, take up the path in earnest. Out of a thousand, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, one seeks me. Yet the path is not really so difficult if one will but take one step at a time. As Jesus Christ put it, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And as Paramahansa Yogananda often told us, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. What a wonderful thought that is. You know, the beauty of spirituality is contrasted with the grip of present times, with the thought that we can never leave this world of seeming reality, this world of daily present realities, and the grip of habit, the grip of desire, we're used to this world, where the people in that marketplace were somehow, in spite of everything, used to the hubbub, the dirt, the confusion. There's a beautiful story, and again, I'd like to read you something else. This is from Conversations with Yogananda. He said, a rich man visited a farmhouse. The farmer gave him a piece of case, cake and boasted, this is the best cake in the whole world. The rich man tasted it and commented, it's all right. But I would like to invite you to my home and let you taste the cake we serve there. The farmer returned his visit later on. When he tasted the rich man's cake, he exclaimed, I never knew there was such good cake in existence. The other replied, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but you were familiar only with that dry cake of yours. I know many varieties. This is how I knew that yours was by no means the best in the world. So it is, Master went on to say, when you get a taste of divine bliss, you know immediately that nothing else exists that there is nothing else in existence can equal it. Temptation then becomes dry and loses all its attractiveness. The best way to conquer temptation is to have something better to compare it with. So we see here in what we've been reading two very important lessons. One is, remember, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. Don't stop. Just take one step at a time. You have eternity before you, but if you will try, you will see that bit by bit, that joy will become greater. And the next thing, and a very important lesson, is that yes, temptation seems very strong. Yes, it seems difficult to give up what you are used to. Yes, it seems difficult to live, or to, I should say to give up whatever life you've built for yourself, because habit steps in. And habit becomes your slave master. But all you need to do is find some way of having a better thing to compare it with. Now, this is the simple practice. 
if you will just meditate. And in the deep peace of meditation, in meditation, first of all, relax your body. Then relax your thoughts. Relax your feelings. It's a good thing in meditation to sort of let, you know, even like with scissors, think of your heart as covered with all these little strands going out to attach yourself to the world. You know, like the story of Lilliput, when Gulliver in his travels landed on the island of Lilliput, he was a big giant compared to these people. And they were, of course, he landed, he, he landed in the sense of being washed up in a shipwreck. And he was unconscious, lying on the beach. And uh, the Lilliputians were tiny little people. And of course, they were afraid of him and afraid that when he woke up, he could create devastation among them. And they didn't have any ropes to tie him down with, but with lots of little threads, which to them were ropes, they were able with enough of them to hold that big giant down. And so it is that your own giant soul can be held down to this world, not by one little desire or two little desires, but a million of them, yes. You are tied down by so many. So if you will just think of your heart with all these threads going out to the world around you, and just snip, 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 cut them all, polish your heart clean, offer it up to the light, and uh, feel your, your freedom. You will see in meditation that a peace will come over you, just like a weightless waterfall. It's so wonderful. Or you will feel love and joy stealing over you. And bit by bit, it's a very universal and very easy to achieve uh, experience. It's not hard. Mind you, the soul loves to meditate. What doesn't like to meditate is the ego. So if you can take a little time every day, I'll bargain with you. You brush your teeth, let's say five minutes a day. You take time tying your tie or whatever. Why not just take a little bit of time every day for God? Get your soul clean, just as you clean your teeth. Get your body, as you clean your body, so also clean your consciousness. Meditation is a way of doing that. And so, I'll start by bargaining with you. One minute, okay? It's not much, is it? But you'll find that it's not so hard. Just as when you brush your teeth for a while, you begin to find that it's just a useful thing to do, and your mouth feels cleaner, and so you do it. You take a bath, you feel better, and so, even if you haven't been accustomed to taking baths because you've been living where there's no water, it's not so long before you begin to really like it. And if you can swim in a mountain lake, all the better. Well, all these things lead up to the simple thought that if you can just sit in meditation for a little bit every day, one minute is not much, but you'll find that it's not so hard. So why not then make it five? And after that, why not 15? And then if you can make it a half an hour, okay. But you know, there comes a point somewhere along there where you certain, suddenly sort of break the bound, the barrier, and you discover that uh, it's a joy to sit there for a long time. That you're not just wasting your time as it looks to the worldly man. That you're beginning to feel currents of energy and peace and happiness inside. And it becomes its own reward. It's not as if it was just a penance. It's something that is a great pleasure. It's a delight. So if you can just do a little bit, 
you'll find that in itself its momentum will take you towards more. But even even a half an hour, morning and evening, or, okay, I'm still bargaining with you, eh? So let's say a half an hour in the morning or an, an hour in the evening or an hour in the morning and a half an hour in the evening, an hour and a half a day. That's moderately minimum, actually, and it's not that hard. But even five minutes, you will see that anyway, as you do a little bit, you'll want to do more. And there will come a point where you begin to feel that it's not so tough. In fact, this is rather more pleasant than what I've been considering pleasant. I had a, a friend who, well, he was not really a friend, but he was a brother disciple. And when he came to Yogananda, he was an alcoholic. And he got enthusiastic about yoga. And so he even took Kriya Yoga initiation, and his friends were saying to him, well, what are you doing studying Kriya and taking up initiation and all this? You're a drunk. He said, look, I can't help drinking. This is my bad habit. I don't want it. I'd like to overcome it. I can't. But at least I can also do something good. And so he would actually literally sit with his mala in his right hand and a bottle of whiskey in his left. And he'd do a few kriyas and then take a little tipple and then do a few more kriyas and take a little bit more. And he went on like this for a while. One day, this is the story he told me, one day he decided, I'm really enjoying this meditation. What do I need with this? He put it aside. He never touched it again. Don't think, oh, I can never give those things up. Oh, it's much too high for me. Oh, it's much too difficult for me. Don't think that way. Just take one step at a time. Just do a little bit. You'll find that bit by bit you develop that sense of comparison where once you've developed a taste, once you've gotten a taste of some greater happiness, you won't feel the taste for this. It's not as if people who love to meditate and people who are in God consciousness have to make an effort that, no, I'm not going to go to the cinema today, I'm not going to get drunk today, I'm not going to go out and become a millionaire, I'm not going to do all those things that are so pleasurable to people because I'm going to meditate whether I like it or not. Not at all. You find that it becomes so pleasant that you just don't want those things. Really, this is the truth. You see that people who are on the path are not grimly suppressing themselves in order to satisfy God. They're satisfying themselves. They found a kind of cake that's mighty good. You will find it too with the joy of your own being. There is nothing to compare with that joy. And you know you create that inside yourself. You don't need to um, have it somehow forced upon you with dogmas. Dogmas are such a they're almost a kindergarten religion. What you believe doesn't matter. It's what you experience. This is what I love about the Sanatan Dharma teachings of India, that they don't say believe, they say experience. Practice, try for yourself, find out for yourself. And the more you do it, the more you find that, yes, it does work. You know, years ago, I was driving through a blinding rainstorm. I had to get somewhere, and... Uh, I could hardly see a hundred feet down the road, and it was very difficult to go quickly, and I was getting more and more frustrated. And all of a sudden, this thought came to me that, well, if I can't have good weather outside, at least I can create my own good weather inside. 
And as soon as I thought that, this song came into my mind, which we're going to sing for you in a few moments. There's joy in the heavens, a smile on the mountain, and melody sings everywhere. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. Leave home in the sunshine, dance through a meadow, and, or sit by a stream and just be. The lilt of the water will gather your worries and carry them down to the sea. Men hunger for freedom, but don't see their dungeon is only the thought that they're bound. Desires are their shackles, the hope that tomorrow the doorway to joy will be found. There's joy all around us, why wait till tomorrow? You've only this moment to live. A heaven within us is ours for the finding a freedom no riches can give. You can have those things. They are in you already. And I tell you, I wrote that song down on a paper that I had in the car, and I was glad that no policeman was there to watch my erratic driving, but I got home safely. But it's a song that I think you'll enjoy. So anyway, listen to Joy in the Heavens. God bless you and joy to you. There's joy in the heavens, a smile on the mountains, and melody sings everywhere. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. Leave home in the sunshine, dance through a meadow, or sit by a stream and just be. The lilt of the water will gather your worries and carry them down to the Is only the thought that they're bound. Desires are their shackles, the hope that tomorrow the doorway to joy will be found. Desires are their shackles, the hope that tomorrow the doorway to joy will be found. There's joy all around us, why wait till tomorrow? We've only this moment to live. smile on the mountains and melody sings everywhere the flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning your soul is as free as the air the flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning your soul is as free as the air the flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning 
Your soul is as free as the air.